Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. This episode is a must lesson for any medical student or pre-med student. Yes, this could still be really helpful for anyone writing a CV because my experience also comes from writing CVs for job opportunities outside of medicine, but the uniqueness of the pre-med and medical school CV is really going to be a focus in this episode. I know a lot about CVs for the purpose of finding job opportunities, most notably with internships and entry-level positions, but I also know a ton about medical school CVs since I'm currently a fourth-year student in medical school. This means I know about crafting a CV specific to all the opportunities that could arise in the pre-med years and then also in medical school. And I know that it is super important to keep an excellent, frequently updated CV that eventually can turn into an application, whether that's applying to medical school or applying for residency. All that is to say that I know how important it is to get your CV to stand out among up to thousands of other applicants. Many of the residency programs I interviewed at this cycle stated that they received over a thousand applications from medical students who already had to compete to be the best of the best to even get to medical school. With over a thousand applications to sift through, most programs invite less than 100 applicants to interview. The fact that my application stood out among others enough times for me to get more than a sufficient number of interview invites means that I started with the right building box, which was my organized CV. I even received enough interviews for residency that I was able to turn down quite a few, which was similar to getting into medical school. I actually started to decline invites because I was already accepted to my first choice school. There is a steep learning curve between having an average CV versus a stellar CV. This episode is meant to share the most vital information to know for writing your CV. You obviously need a CV for job opportunities, but in the pre-med and medical school world, you especially need to have an up-to-date CV ready for opportunities when they arise. Here are some examples of when I needed to use a CV. While I was pre-med, I needed a CV to apply for some leadership positions, different internships or co-ops, any work-study program, anything to get volunteer experiences with various organizations for scholarship applications. I also used my CV to give anyone that was writing me a letter of recommendation so that they could speak to me as a whole person in that letter. And then eventually using a CV for the AMCAS and the AACOMAS or the AMCAS and the ACOMAS. 
So this really means that from freshman to senior and undergrad, you need an updated CV in order to get experiences to add more to your CV and thus be competitive for med school admissions. And then if you choose to take a gap year or two, same thing, you're going to need a good CV to get those experiences and then you need a CV to also reflect those new experiences. And then while I was in medical school, I needed a CV to send to potential research mentors that I wanted to do research with for some leadership opportunities to send to letter recommendation writers or for chair letters. I needed a CV to apply to away rotations, audition rotations, and sub-internships or sub-eyes. I also needed a CV to apply for award applications like for student DO of the year which I actually won that award for my school. You'll need a CV for the MSPE also known as the Dean's Letter and then you'll eventually need a CV for the URAS applications to be competitive for residency and of course there's probably other uses for CVs but this is just in my experience what I used my CV for, also known as a curriculum vitae, but it's so much easier to just say CV. (laughs) So there's a lot of uses for a CV. So I hope you can understand how important it is to draft an excellent CV that you can continue to update and use throughout your medical journey. You don't have to start from scratch every time you apply for a new opportunity. The first major tip that I want to share is to emphasize that you don't want your CV for applying to medical school to rely on experiences from high school. So you need to cumulatively acquire new experiences throughout your undergrad experience. Don't think either that your undergraduate research experience is going to carry you through to get into a competitive academic residency. Most recruiters, whether that's medical school faculty, program directors, they want to see updated recent experiences, but that doesn't mean you have to only include experiences from the last five years. You can reach further back if it's truly an experience you can speak well on or is especially relevant to the opportunity you're applying for. For example, program directors actually love to see some customer service experience from undergrad or from your gap year. There are so many opportunities like this that you can spin to make yourself look really well-rounded. While you may not think it would impress anyone to have work experience at JCPenney, you can use that experience to your benefit by speaking to the skills that you learned that will inform how well you do in this new opportunity that you seek. So I've spoken a lot about CV so far, but you've also heard about resumes. Here's the difference, just so we're on the same page. Resumes are one page, one. They should be very specific to the experience you are applying to. With limited space, you only have room to include what is truly relevant. Don't try to squish everything you ever did onto the page with a size six font. A CV, on the other hand, is lengthier. There is no real rule for this, but the goal is a full four pages, especially when you are at the point of applying for residency. When you are pre-med, it's probably more like two or three pages. You can and should start with a lot longer than that and then trim down to four pages of the most relevant information for what you're applying for. For example, I have a document that is seven pages, 
and got to seven pages by the time I got to my last year of medical school. This includes everything. Every experience I've had in medical school and some noteworthy ones from my undergrad years with sufficient detail. This lengthier document is not my CV and should never be used as a CV for opportunities, but it does provide a really good record for when you apply for ERAS and for speaking more in depth about your experiences when doing interviews. When it comes to all the examples of a CV I mentioned, so anytime you send it with an application or send it to a letter writer, you want to create a CV that is a version of this longer document, but is a maximum of four pages. For some people, four pages might feel way too long, but you certainly don't want to ever have any less than two full pages. Then it's more like a resume. Again, there is no consensus on this, but it's just my opinion. No one wants to read longer than four pages. And also, if you have less than two pages, there's not much there and you're not really marketing yourself as well as you could. I am now providing several editing services specifically for medical students and pre-med students. I can help with editing your CV, personal statement, and ERAS applications. I will not only catch your grammar and style mistakes, but also provide feedback on content revisions so you can craft a document that makes you more competitive. There are so many expensive services out there that charge hundreds to thousands of dollars on reviews, which is why I am offering a much more affordable service with different price packages based on your needs. The staff on a lot of these other sites are years to decades removed from their experience as medical students, but as someone who has been in your shoes in the last year or two, I know what it takes to make you stand out. In addition to listening to my past episodes with tips on navigating applications and crafting a well-written CV, use the link in all episode descriptions to learn more about the services I offer for individualized help. There is something to be said about how individualized CV preparation is. I can have a dozen of episodes about CVs, but your experiences are so unique. The content of CVs would vary significantly, even among medical students applying to the same specialty. I noticed when I was pre-med and in medical school, there's many CV editing services out there, but they seem to not know what to look for when assessing our CVs in the medical field to not only make sure that we have good grammar, but also to make us competitive for whatever opportunity we are looking for. Then I noticed there are a few companies that offer specific CV help for pre-med and medical students. However, these are on very sketchy sites that often charge hundreds of dollars per review. Their editors are often years or decades past their pre-med and med school days, or they're not even in the medical field at all. So do they actually know what to look for? I personally decided against using any of these services and put in time on my own learning a lot more about CVs. Even though I previously worked as a professional paid writer and editor for multiple test prep companies in undergrad, I still had to do a lot of research and reading in my spare time to truly perfect my CV and become an expert at writing and editing CVs. I think my work paid off. I had a ton of experience build up thanks to my excellent evolving CV, helping me get more opportunities that then turned into getting into my first choice medical school 
and landing dozens of residency interviews. Because of this, I want to pay it forward and I'm now offering a service for individualized help to support medical students and future med students perfect their CVs. It is so helpful to get another pair of eyes on your work, especially someone who knows what to look for. So many things in medical school and pre-med life are so expensive, so I'm offering services at a very reasonable price that is over 90% off what other companies out there are charging. I have the link in this episode description for more info, or you can find that link on any of my social media sites. And I'm hoping to have a lot more to offer as far as helping to edit personal statements, to help to perfect your ERAS applications and your medical school applications. And I might even have some opportunities to do some mock interviews, hopefully. So stay tuned for updates on that. But the CV editing service is now up and running and I encourage you to check that out. So now after sharing a little bit about my background, I want to share some more tips that you can implement and that are very tangible that you can start working on your CV today. So first thing to think about is the organization of your CV. Of course, you want your name at the top and it depends on your audience if you want to include your address and phone number, but you should always include at least your email. Perhaps if this is an opportunity in some way that involves social media, like maybe you're applying to be a marketing chair of an organization, you can include your handles for different social media sites, but usually this is not relevant. And maybe if it is relevant to your work and the experience you're seeking, you could share a link to your website if that's something that you have, but usually that's not going to be relevant. Next is usually going to be the education section. You'll want to list the section in reverse chronological order, like many of the sections I'll talk about will be. This means that your current or most recent school is listed first. I'd include anything past high school, even if you did a year or two at community college. Definitely include where you did a master's degree or post-bac. Along with the school name, include the dates that you attended that school, the location, and the degree that you earned. What comes next probably depends on what your CV is going to be used for. So you're going to put the sections that I'll talk about now really in the order of relevance. For example, if you're emailing your CV to a potential research mentor, maybe you'd want to include your research section next. If you are trying to get hired for a job in your gap year, you could have the work experience section next. The order of sections can easily be switched around if you do a good job at labeling the sections clearly and keeping every experience where it needs to be. One section you could include is the honors and awards section. For this one, most students won't have many unless you are completely stellar. And for most people, this is going to be your small section, but I urge you to try to think of something you can put here. Anything that you ever received recognition for. Think about if you ever placed for a research day event. Maybe you received a scholarship for undergrad. Maybe you were an honor student, or maybe you were on the dean's list. If you need to, you can reach further back into your history so that 
this section hopefully isn't completely blank. Another section you should have is extracurriculars. You can probably combine this with leadership experience. Again, reverse chronological order. You'll list whatever organization or club you belong to and include your role, whether you were a general member or president of your school's chapter. Definitely include if you were a founder and also include the dates that you were active in your role. Underneath each one, you should have one to three bullet points that outline what you did in your role. Try to be concise here. I am a big fan of starting each bullet point with an action verb that best describes what you did. For example, on my CV and resume, I started with bullet points with words like represented, contributed, presented, planned, recruited, assisted, evaluated, mentored, served, and educated. This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn is an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I decided to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for preparation for Comlex Level 1 and Level 2. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. For my listeners taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. If you are in your third year, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams and COMAT shelf exams. Go to truelearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. Another section could be work experience. This is anything that you received compensation for. So if you were a volunteer tutor, that would go under community service. If you were paid for tutoring, this is work experience. For this, the last work experience you had may be as far back as high school, and that's totally okay. Just don't take up too much space detailing everything you did when you worked at McDonald's. Focus less on each small task that you may have done in the role and more about the applicable skills that you gained. So, did you train new employees? Did you work as a team? Did you have to constantly adapt and be flexible? Did you have to get good at working with customers and learning how to address problems when they arose? Those are skills that medical schools and residencies love to see that you have experience with. Even if you think on the surface, the job doesn't seem relevant to becoming a doctor. Community service is another section that you should include. Of course, longitudinal experiences like volunteering for the Salvation Army once a week is excellent to have, but many of us don't have too many of those experiences, if any at all, because of how busy we are. It's totally fine to also include a few projects you are a part of that may have taken up a day or week to work on, but nonetheless was a way you contributed and gave back. The more recent, the better, but I definitely would include experiences in the past that you can speak well to, especially if it was for a cause that you are passionate about. I mentioned research experience already, so this is its own section. For this, I would include details on the actual experience you had, include what institution the research was affiliated with, who your supervisor was, what your title and role was, and briefly what you've researched. You're going to include a separate list for presentations, posters, publications, which should 
each be formatted appropriately as if it were a citation in a paper. And then in the author section of each citation, you want to bold your name. Another section that you may or may not have, depending on the relevance, is professional memberships. So this should be any organization that you are an official member of, usually at the state or national level. If the organization requires dues, you should be a dues-paying member before listing it in this section. And there's no need to add much here. Just add the year that you became a member and only include organizations you are currently a member of. So for pre-med students, this may include AMSA or pre-SOMA. For medical students, this could be the AMA and SOMA, and then anything that is specialty-specific because this is a great way to really highlight your interest in your desired specialty by being part of those organizations. Most of the time, this won't be relevant, but another section that you could include in a CV is certifications and skills. So this could include fluency in a second language, proficiency in Microsoft Excel, and CPR certification, among countless other things. Lastly, you can include an interest section, which is optional but can be helpful for anything you're going to interview for or to give letter writers to get to know you a little bit more. You can include a subsection for professional interests that you should absolutely adjust as needed depending on what you're using the CV for. And then you can have another subsection for hobbies. This section can just be a bullet list, but I'd urge you to elaborate on your hobbies instead of including just one word. Make sure also not to go overboard on this. For example, instead of just saying, running, say that you enjoy running outside and training for your next half marathon. A few last points here. For font size, I recommend 10 to 12 size for the normal body text. And then you can go up to 14 for headings, and then your name can go up to 18. And you can adjust this for what looks best to you. And Throughout your CV or resume, you always want to use active voice instead of passive voice. And if you were asked for a resume specifically, just make sure you make a copy of your CV and then edit that version down to include the most relevant parts for whatever you need it for. You'll also want to add an objective line for resumes under your name and contact info that essentially states what you would like to achieve by submitting the resume. You may want to also include a second page with references and their contact info if that was requested. I know many of this can seem very daunting. The key is to get started on crafting your CV as soon as you can and modifying it over time as a way to keep track of all the wonderful experiences you are adding in as you move through the pre-med and medical school years. Again, I am so happy to look over your CV or resume at whatever stage you're at if it's your first draft or your final draft right before you submit it. I hope this episode gave you a good outline for starting to craft the document or some tips to modify the document you already have. And again, I urge you, don't be content with just an average CV. Really take the time to maximize your success by crafting an excellent CV. You can follow First Line on Instagram at First Line Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash First Line Podcast. 
Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.